0: This is The Drive with Larry Hardesty podcast on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Good Sunday evening, everybody. It's The Drive on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty, along with Joel and Giselle. We're here with conversations mostly about the NFL, but we'll talk about a lot of things today because guess what? This is a rare day. Both local football teams won. Dan Grasa, Greg Butler doing a phenomenal job recapping the Jets' 16-10 win over the Pittsburgh Steelers earlier today in the game you heard right here on 98.7 ESPN. And we'll continue the conversation with football. We'll get you updated on all the scores, including that that NFC battle between the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles Eagles down the turnpike where the Cowboys are trailing at halftime. And we'll get you caught up on the other games, and we will begin with the New York football Giants who went down to Washington to go and play in a game that was pretty interesting. It was entertaining. It had a lot of stuff. And if you're a Giants fan right now, you are pretty, pretty happy because you saw Daniel Jones have the game of his life. Not one, not two, not three. Sorry, LeBron. I'll cut it short. Five touchdown passes for Daniel Jones, 352 yards, threw them to four different receivers, Barkley, Sterling Shepard, Cody Latimer, and two to Caden Smith, including the three-yard touchdown in overtime after he drove the Giants 66 yards for this game-winning pass. Nice. Nice job. And here's the downside. How bad is that Giants defense, huh? (laughs) You were rolling in that game. You were rolling in that game. I mean, the Washington defense is almost as bad as yours. But you found a way to get them back in it. And, yeah, you kind of caught a break. I, I, I think Washington caught a break, although I will say this. Uh, you know, early in the game, and case Keenan would come on late, Dwayne Haskins did not play badly today. 12 or 15, 133 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, was sacked twice. But you saw you, you see how he's getting better. You see how he's rolling in the pocket, extending plays, keeping his eyes down the field on the first touchdown. That's what he was able to do. So you liked what you saw from him. But I still think that if you're James Betcher, you felt you could have gotten the defense ready to confuse him a little bit late and possibly find a way to get some to get some turnovers and get the ball back to your offense. As far as the Giants offense was concerned, what can you say? Saquon Barkley? he's back 22 yards, 180, 22 carries 189 yards. 67 was the long one. And he was rumbling on that one. And then he caught the ball for another 90 yards along a of 51. So listen, lot to be happy about if you're a giant fan or are you? Because the other side of the story is maybe it's mixed emotions because in the race for Chase, now, you've dropped a spot or two. So how does that make you feel? one 800 And we'll have an Instapol question up on Twitter in a moment. I want to get your thoughts about that as well. But let's go back to Washington. Here's Daniel Jones post game on the winning pass in overtime.
2: You know, free release in the back there in the flat. And obviously Saquon's going to drag a lot of attention and, and uh, you know, back to Caden, he did a great job getting open and he made a heck of a catch. I look forward to, to watching the tape. But um, you know, like the safety tried to undercut him and, and just tried to put it out there for him, and he made a heck of a job with the catch.
1: He really did, and he's right. Obviously, everybody with their eyes on Saquon Barkley, who's the playmaker, and so while you're focusing on him, Caden Smith was able to beat Landon Collins, the former Giant safety, and therefore the touchdown. The other thing, even with injuries today. Daniel Jones said the play of his offensive line pretty good.
2: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, they came up came up big. Um, you know, throwing the ball, running the ball. Obviously, Saquon had a had a heck of a day, and that um, you know the, the line plays a big part in that. So um, you know, they they did a great job, and then you know, pass pro too he was, was awesome. And um, you know, hats off to them; they played a heck of a game.
1: They really did, and this offensive line has been much maligned and rightfully so, but listen, they've come together and they're starting to play better. You like what you're seeing from them, and especially when Saquon Barkley can run the football the way he can, that makes the offensive line's job much easier because that opens up the, the play-action pass. It does a lot of things offensively to gives you some diversity on your offense, and that's what you need, and that's what you're looking for. After the game, Daniel Jones was asked, in overtime, Did you have confidence that you'd be able to march down to get a touchdown as opposed to a field goal, which would give Washington a chance to come back? Yeah, I
2: think we did. You know, it's it's uh, the way the overtime set up. You, you get the ball first, you have a huge advantage and an opportunity to end the game, obviously. So, so that was big for us. And um, you know, second half we were, you know, felt like kind of up and down. We didn't, you know, we had had a touchdown, but didn't didn't do enough, you know, through the through the second half. But um, you know, we felt like we had the ball there in overtime, opportunity to score. We were confident we could we could do that. So, um, you know, I think throughout that drive, you kind of saw you know, so we ran the ball well. We had a couple couple third downs. I mean, I think that that kind
1: of was was characteristic of the whole game. No doubt about it. And the confidence of this Giants offense when Saquon Barkley is playing like Saquon Barkley can, there's no question about it. There's no doubt. They continue to roll, and they were dominant offensively in the game today. They were. It's just unfortunate for them that the defense kept leaving the door open and forcing the offense to have to continue to make plays. So, listen, you give the offense credit because they were able to do what they needed to do. 1-800-919-3776 on the NFL scoreboard in the third. Lions with a 17-13 lead over the Broncos, a little over three minutes there. A little over two minutes in the third. Also, the Raiders are up 21-7 over the Chargers. Can you believe it? Raiders remain alive in the playoffs because – the Browns lost, the Steelers lost, and the Titans lost, and Indianapolis won. So they still have an outside shot next week to, uh, you know, play their way in. And as I mentioned, Cowboys trailing the Eagles 10-6 at halftime, and the Cardinals leading the Seahawks 17-7 at halftime. To the phones we go, 1-800-919-3776. JP's in Brooklyn. JP, lead us off on the drive.
3: What's up, Larry? Hey, JP, how are you? Oh man, I miss you so much. Where you been? Fresh to hear your voice. Just been running around. I've been very busy. Okay. You know, you're going to hear about me. I already told you this. I All told right. you this before, but I promise you're going to hear about me. Sounds but, good, um, Larry. I mean, come on, Larry. This is just typical New York Giants. Whereas the season is over, you know, they win, you know, non meaningful games. This is how this is this is the Eli Manning way. You know, this is what I see. You know, I'm not impressed with it. Now we have two Wait a minute, you're not impressed
1: with Daniel Jones? No. Wow.
3: He, he he's not
1: a Sam remember you know when Sam Darnold came out?
3: You just do. you were like, yo, that guy, you know, it took you know it it usually the defense has to catch up to the offense. I mean, the defense, usually when it's new quarterbacks coming out, um, it takes a little time for the defense. they special. It takes a little time for the defense to catch up, Mm -hmm. you know, with what that quarterback is doing. But this is not the case in this situation. Daniel Jones is not scaring no defense. Like Sam Darnold, he came out. You know, everybody was like, okay, we respect him. And look at him right now. Remember, we was talking about him when the Giants passed on him. Remember? Yep. I was yep. like, you know, that is going to really hurt down the line. You know, but it is what it is. You know, right now, we had a crossroad. We have two specials, Jalen Hurst. Remember, this guy, when was the last time we had um, a player play play uh, in the uh, ch- National Championship Playoff
1: mm-hmm. with two different schools. Yeah, doesn't happen often.
3: It didn't happen. Never. Mm-hmm. It's never happened. That guy's special. He came from Alabama. Okay, right, so JP,
1: are you telling me you'd rather have him?
3: Is I want him only because Tua he he um he's not durable like like Hurst. That's the only reason. Tua is is um. So in other words, so let me get feedon. this straight
1: now. Let me get this straight, JP. So if you were the Giants, you're taking a quarterback in this year's draft.
3: I'm taking a quarterback, definitely.
1: I'm taking. A I tell you what, JP. Are you really, you really, you really going to you see this guy 10, 10 years here? Serious? How do you know the Jalen Hurst going to be ten years in the league? How do you know Tua is going to be ten years in the league? How do you know they're not system quarterbacks? Those JP, guys I'm just telling are, you, my friend. Thanks for the phone call. It was guys- good hearing from you. Welcome back. The way Daniel, on the, on the day where Daniel Jones is playing the way he played, you can't say you don't want Daniel Jones as your quarterback. At five touchdowns today. Yes, I know it was against the Washington, the Washington football team. I understand that. But listen, and they have a bad defense. A Whole lot of other quarterbacks have faced them who have had more experience than Daniel Jones, didn't put up five touchdown passes on them and were able to win the game. So for me, I, I, I am if I'm Dave Gettleman right now, I've got to ride with Daniel Jones because that's the guy I drafted. I'm riding with him. Now maybe, you know, and maybe down the road you'll turn around and say, okay, perhaps we could have taken somebody else. But listen, they wanted Daniel Jones because if they didn't want Daniel Jones, they would have taken uh, Sam Donald instead of the running back that they took with the pick. Okay, they took Saquon Barkley because they had an eye on this kid Jones going down the line. He was the perfect thing for them. We've got, we've got Saquon Barkley. We've got Eli Manning. He can help Eli get us to the promised land. And after that, this year, if it doesn't work out, we'll take a quarterback. Well, so far for them, it's worked well. That's what they want to do. So no, I, I, I understand what you're saying. I think I understand why you like Jalen Hurst, but, um, they're not doing that. You're listening to The
0: Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.
4: Christmas in Holland, right autumn walls, soaking
5: it all in. Then we go hit the mall. It's The Drive on 98.7 calling. ESPN, 800 919
1: 3776 Also, Ask you to participate in our Twitter poll question as a fan. How do you feel about the Giants overtime win today? Do you feel that <laughs> Danny Dimes is my quarterback? Do you feel Saquon Barkley's back, baby? Do you feel that man, RD needs some work? <laughs> or did you leave the game today feeling, I like all this, but I want a chance at chase. Like, I'd love all the above to happen. Like, I would love for Danny Dimes to have five touchdowns. I'd love for Saquon Barkley to be over 200 yards, all-purpose yardage today, and lose by one so I have a better chance of getting (laughs) chase. Way into our Twitter poll question, at hardest to ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7FM. As I've told you, I believe that for Sam Darnold, he turned the court, and we'll talk Jets a little later, I want to start with the Giants because their overtime win. I'll give you some thoughts I have about Sam Darnold as well a little bit later in the show. But I always felt last season that when Sam Darnold was hurt and benched that he changed when he came back watching Josh McCown play for, the, for a couple of weeks. He had a better command of the offense. He seemed to be more comfortable in the pocket. He seemed to be able to And it goes in line with the play of the offensive line as well, but he just seemed to be able to look receivers off. He wasn't predetermining where he was going with the football. And he just seemed to be more calm. He seemed to be more relaxed. He seemed to be more confident. And so you look at Daniel Jones, who really started out like a house of fire for the Giants this year after they benched Eli Manning and replaced him with Daniel Jones. And then he went through a patch during that nine-game losing streak where he wasn't holding on to the football. Uh, he was throwing interceptions. He was losing fumbles. Obviously the offensive, the offense was struggling because they didn't have Saquon Barkley at his best. Sterling Shepard was in and out of the lineup because of concussions. Uh, Evan Ingram, who was not in the lineup today was out of the lineup. Uh, Golden Tate was in and out. And so obviously you had some issues offensively that, that caused him to struggle a little bit, but yet and still the decision making process that he was able to do. He was not really taking advantage of that. And in many cases, some people thought that maybe he took a step back, that maybe Daniel Jones was struggling. So for me, I wanted to see how he was going to respond today. He watched Eli Manning prepare as the starter. He watched what Eli did. He watched the professionalism that Eli has. He watched Eli lose the first game, but come back and win last week. So much like myself, Daniel Jones was asked afterwards, "Did you learn much sitting back and watching Eli the past two weeks?"
2: The opportunity to watch him prepare, to watch him throughout the week, and then and then play the game, I think, it was uh, was helpful for me and kind of you know sit back and and uh, you know observe a little bit and and uh, you know I think that was helpful. Good to be good to be back out there, though.
1: So he admits that it did help him a little bit. The question is going to be now, obviously against a Washington team whom he played against before. And I don't know if they did a lot of different things, even though there's been a coaching change since the last time they met. Uh, he was very confident. And you could just see that there were things that just seemed to slow down for him. So he was on top of his game today, as evidenced by five touchdowns to four different receivers. So let's see what Pat Trimmer thought. Here's what Pat Trimmer thought about Daniel Jones' day today.
6: You know he played pretty heroic you know there's a couple times when the clock in my head goes off a little quicker than his you know which he'll learn but then there's he made some great throws uh, that last third and long throw in in, in uh, the overtime period was, was was really good and he was good with some of his short and intermediate stuff they were they were trying to take away that were on and, and play you know sort of a, a cushion in the back so we had to be more patient with the throws which I thought he was very accurate with. Um, And I thought the guys up front battled Uh, when Remmers went out. Nick Gates came in, played another good game in a backup role. But I thought Daniel played pretty heroic game, did a heck of a job.
1: He did. He really did. And once again, for the young quarterbacks, that's the thing that you try to work on the most. And I think, you know, that's what you see with Sam Darnold. And they had some stats during the game today about Sam Darnold, how well, how high his completion percentage is, the quicker he gets rid of the football. And so you heard Pat Shermer talk there about, you know, there's sometimes that, you know, for Daniel Jones, and I think, once again, he's been off for two weeks, so he's a little out of rhythm, but next week he'll be even better into a rhythm like he was later, in, earlier in the, in the game. And so... That will allow him to be able to get rid of the ball faster and understand where it needs to go. And I think what Shermer's saying is, Hey, I see the opening when it should go before he's letting it go. And that's, that's just a young quarterback. Is he really open? That, that, that split second, he looks open. Is he really open? And then letting it go. And sometimes that allows the defender that the offensive player has beaten to now get back and, and make up the ground that they lost so he has to be careful with that but on a day like today what can you say he was phenomenal Pat Surmer how much progress has Jones made since he uh, took over the starting role I
6: mean I mean light years I mean he's he's gonna have a moment in the middle of February somewhere he may be back home or sitting on his couch up here in Hoboken or Weehawken wherever the heck he lives and he'll like holy smokes what happened to me you know, have one of those moments because that's what happens to rookies. And, um, and, and I think he'll only, he's only going to get better because he's a very, very talented guy that works hard and he had a good performance today.
1: So because he had the good performance today, how important was it for him to get that win, coach?
6: Getting a win is important for all of us, right? And you can substitute Daniel's name with Saquon or Solder or mine. Anybody, getting a win is important because that's why we do this, and to do it on the road, and you know, get ahead, get tied, and then come back and do it in overtime. It's good for everybody. I'm happy for our fans. Um, you know, as you go through this, you know, you you're sitting down on Sunday watching football, and, and you want to you want to see good ball, and you want to see your team win. And for our fans, they got to do that this week.
1: Yeah, and it's not been an easy year for the Giant fan. I mean, you know, nine consecutive losses, that's not something that fans of this organization is used to. Yeah, they've no they've seen them struggle, but they but they've never seen them struggle to this point that they've they've lost as many games as they have in the row and how they've lost them. And so, yeah, I understand what Pat Schirmer's saying, and yes, it is important, especially for him, <laughs> to get a win in a game like that today. Because once again, there's a couple of minutes, there's a couple of 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 decisions he made that you're like, really, Pat? Did, really? Did you have to? Why not? Why didn't you do the other thing?
0: You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.
4: Hey, Santa, can you bring me something
1: good? Chase Young, Chase Young, something Chase Young. Hour number two of The Drive on 98.7 ESPN, one 800 Yes, the Giant fans would love to, even though it doesn't happen until, you know, the springtime, the Giant fans would love to have Chase Young under their Christmas tree next year. Oh, yes, they would. Oh, yes. They would love to have that happen, to help that defense would sorely need some help. And listen, a pass rush would help that young secondary out. Because that young secondary is asked to stay with receivers. It's not easy to do. It is not easy to do. It just isn't. And when you're inexperienced like that, and... Listen, it's a tough thing, but the Giants were able to hold on today. They went into overtime to get their win down in the nation's capital by the score of 41-35. It was a a banner day, a record-setting day for Daniel Jones. Who, uh, five touchdown passes to four different receivers. So you take a cap off to him and you also take a cap off to what, uh, Saquon Barkley was able to do. We'll continue to talk Giants and we'll bring the Jet fans in to get, uh, some thoughts on their win in Pittsburgh at home today. Well, it looked like it was home. <laughs> I mean, I, I, know MetLife Stadium when I see it. I mean, there was a lot of our, uh, black and gold in the seats to make me think it might have been Heinz Field, but I, you know, but I know MetLife. I, I know MetLife. So it was definitely met life, but we'll get some uh, some Jet fans in to get some thoughts on their win today, which is listen, it's a quality win. It's a win against the playoff team. It's a win against the playoff team that's got something to play for, who really needed the game. But there's some concerns there. And once again, it's a win. You like it. You like what you saw. You like that you were able to win. But, uh, you know, things have to improve. It's the same thing with both local teams. 1-800-919-3776. Before we get to the phones, let's uh, update you on our poll question. As a fan, how do you feel about the Giants' overtime win today? The question, and here's your choices. Danny Dimes is my quarterback. Well, 26.1% of you said that's how you felt. Saquon is back, baby. 10.3% of you say that's how you felt. Man, RD needs some work. Well, 18.8% said that's how you felt. And 44.8% say you felt, I want a chance to chase. So I would rather, I like all the things that happened, but I would rather have a chance to chase. So you're kind of like, underscore at underscore Esmo, who said on Twitter, Larry, i like to vote for all four. <laughs> you want everything. Well, you can't have it all, my friend. If you get the win, you get all the other stuff. Yeah, you know, that puts you a step back in the Chase Young race. It just does. And as James mentioned before the break, what good does it do? Forget morale. I want Chase Young. <laughs> this year is done. I want Chase Young. That's what I want. One 3776 Jose in Emerson. Hey, Jose, you're next on the drive.
4: Yeah, I like to say that all New York team coaches, they always have a bad time coaching these young quarterbacks. And it's not just the the the, the football teams; it's also all New York sports except the Yankees. They always have a, a very bad time getting these young players to play up to their you know level. As far as the Giants. They should have lost all the games since the Green Bay because the Jets, I'm a Jet fan, and we got Williams, and it's working out. We got the second best running defense in the NFL, and it worked out for us. Maybe they should do the same thing. Happy holidays to everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you,
1: Jose, and, and, and thanks for you calling the same to you and your family. And that's an interesting point. And speaking of Quentin Williams, this probably for me was his most impactful game. For me today, he jumped off the screen. Uh, Look, he's had other contributions in other games. There's no doubt about that. But today, a sack, you saw him uh, getting off the ball very well. I saw that they moved him around a little bit. So I I really like what I saw from Quentin Williams today. This was, and I know some folks had even asked me a couple of weeks ago, was even on the team. (laughs) But today, he... His, his play jumped off the screen. He was, he, he was able to make big plays. I don't know whether Greg Williams did some adjustments in his schemes or things of that nature, but Quentin Williams was without a doubt a, a force, uh, today. Cowboys trying to get back in this game. They trail 17-6. They are, uh, just, uh, are on downs, off on downs with eight minutes to go. In the game, so we'll see if they're going to try for a field goal. I have to see where their position is on the field if they're going to try to get three. They've not found the end zone yet on the touchdown. We know that. um We know that Dak Prescott had some issues with his shoulder during the week. Did not practice for much of the week, and tried to uh, find a way to get into uh, you know try to find a way to win a to win the game and try to get them rolling. So as they uh, attempt a forty nine yard field goal and it is good, so that puts them. On the scoreboard with 17-9. And remember the Eagles just missed the field goal while you were listening to the update at the top of the hour. So, uh, right now the Eagles are, the Eagles are holding on to an eight point lead. Cowboys trying to see if they can get something going. You know, we mentioned some of the, um, we mentioned some of the decisions that Pat Shurmur makes as a Giants head coach. How about Dallas on third and one, not giving it to Ezekiel Elliott? <laughs> really? I mean, he's your, He's your high-priced playmaker. You've got to give it to him on third and one. I mean, it, and, and guess what? In a game that you're trying to win, and if he doesn't get it, you give it to him again on fourth down. Because you have a great offensive line, one of the best offensive lines in the NFL, and you have one of the best running backs in the NFL. It's a no-brainer to me. You give it to him, and you give it to him on two downs if you need to. Now, I don't remember exactly where they were on the field, where they were, where if he doesn't get it, it makes a short field for Philly. But on a third and short play, behind that offensive line, even though I know there's an injury there, behind that offensive line, I run it to my strong side, and I tell the Eagles, stop me. That's what I would do. So you always wonder what is what is going on? What why why do coaches make the decisions they make? Was it a scenario where there was eight nine in the box? Eh. I remember covering a Jets team in twenty and oh nine and ten with their offensive line that people had eight nine in the box. People knew they were going to run, and they still were able to make yardage. We're talking one yard here. I'm not saying. It's third and five, and the box is stacked, and you're trying to get five yards. That's not, that wasn't the scenario. It was third and one. And to be honest, if a situation where Dak Prescott is healthy, he might have kept it and just tried to get it. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on
0: 98.7 ESPN.
4: Music. Oh, yeah.
1: Uh huh. It's the drive on 987 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Before we get to your calls, I'm going to take you back out to, uh, MetLife Stadium today. There was a, there was a young man. It was, this was fascinating because Levy Bell talked all during the week about, I'll get to the calls in a second, about how he expected to be booed from the Pittsburgh fans. Because there, there are several franchises in all sports that travel well. In baseball, it's the Yankees. Yankee fans travel forever. Boston Red Sox fans travel well. St. Louis Cardinal fans travel well. In the National Football League, uh, Pittsburgh travels well. Green Bay, Dallas, um, to name a few. They're, those are a handful of teams. They just travel extremely well. Well, as you can imagine, there was a lot of black and gold
7: at MetLife Stadium today.
1: And for Le'Veon Bell, a win?
7: Nice! I mean, it's a little extra just because, you know, I used to play with them. I wasn't thinking about all the little playoff spots and things like that. I just wanted to make sure we got out with a win. You know, and I credit my teammates because those guys played so hard, making sure we came out victorious today. You know, you got to credit the defense. You know, they, those guys, Mark, you know, Marcus May and you know, Jamal Adams, all the guys up front, you know, just really made it tough on their offense, you know, and, and it came up with, you know, big turnovers at big situations. Credit the old line. Those guys blocked their tails off. Um, Sam played great. You know, the receivers outside played great. Um They did everything they can to make sure we got to stay on with a win for me. You know, so um, it felt good.
1: You still wanted some big plays from him. And I understand that Artie and some other people have mentioned it, too, that they believe he's lost a step. I don't think he's lost a step. I think it's the fact that this offensive line is not – doesn't block the way he's conducive to running. So I do think that's why it's really incumbent upon them. And during the regular season, they should have been able to line him up outside because when you pass him the ball, then he's already in the open. He can make his own movements to go by. I mean, line him up with screen passes, put him in the, in the slot. You, there's so many versatile ways that he was used in Pittsburgh that I think that you could take a page or two from that book and adapt it to what you do well here with the Jets. And that's something that if indeed he returns, and he should return, but if indeed he does, I think that Adam Gase will have to, and, and Joe Douglas and Le'Veon will sit down and you know come to, to grips with Sam Darnold and figure out the way that you can use him better to make him more of an asset as opposed to how are we going to fit? It's almost like we got we've got this square peg we're trying to fit into a round hole. No, just make the adjustment. You know what he does, okay? So, make a couple of plays adjusted so that it makes him help your offense better. Supposed to like, how are we going to get him involved in this offense? It's just crazy. Levi, on what made this win extra special today?
7: You know the win felt great. You know, obviously, uh. You know, every win feels great, but this one had a little extra topping on it. Um, but playing against those guys, you know, you know, it was fun. You know, going against, you know, my old teammates, guys who really never could hit me in practice, we had an opportunity to really go at it today. So um, it was fun. You know, I respect all those guys over there. You know, they played played hard. It was, you know, it was tough, you know, obviously. You know, Coach, Coach Thomas' game plan, you know, it was, it was great. You know, so credit those guys. I'm glad we came out on top.
1: It is fascinating hearing him say they couldn't really hit me in practice. Yeah, because he was untouchable. He, won't, he might as well have worn a red penny. <laughs> Because you weren't trying to hit Le'Veon Bell in practice. No, we need him for the game. Adam Gase afterwards. So, Coach, talk about this, having a winning record at home. How big is that? I
2: think it was important that we were looking to have a winning record at home. And that's something that we wanted wanted to establish of when we play at home, we're, we're a tough team to beat. And, you know, being able to start it like this in, in year one to say, hey, you know, we're 5-3 and three at home, that's that's a positive thing for our program.
1: It definitely is. And, and it's something when you're beginning – a quote, winning culture, unquote, which is the buzzword that we're using around sports these days, a winning culture. When you're using a winning culture, and here's another buzzword, to en route to sustainable success, <laughs> uh, you have to win at home. And listen, you've heard it said over and over again, you want to be able to win your games at home to, to make it a tough environment for people to come in. Okay, that's your job. And as you start, if you're Adam Gase, And in your first year, that's a positive that you were able to find ways to win games in your building. All right. And then you hopefully moving forward, what you want to do is then find ways to make plays and stay close in games so you can steal some games on the road. That's how you get better. That's how you mature. That's how you bring that winning culture. And ultimately, you know, become get to the postseason. But it it becomes the first step winning and playing well at home. Adam Gase, did you make enough plays to win today?
2: I think we did what we had to do to win. I mean, it was we knew it was going to be a grinded out game. We we were trying to try to win the time of possession. We didn't do that. We had probably too many three and outs. But our defense knew exactly what we had to do. They knew what kind of defense we were playing. We just all knew that the biggest thing was ball security. Make sure that we didn't we didn't give them a short field.
1: Yeah, because you know that this this Pittsburgh team is a fabulous defense. And, um, you know, they take advantage of those. They, what they do, they, they like to force turnovers and put their offense and try to make it easier for their offense who struggled. And listen, you understand. No Ben Roethlisberger, no Juju Smith-Houston who returned today. No Antonio Brown, no Le'Veon Bell. Connor was lost today. Uh, you know, they need help. And so the defense has taken it upon themselves to try to, you know, make some plays and force some turnovers to, to get things going, to make a short field for their offense, to make things, you know, a little easier. TJ Watt is some player, isn't he? He he he's he's all over the field. He's really he's a heck of a player. He's a heck of a player. Back to the phones. Mike's in Queens. Hey Mike, you're next on the drive.
4: Good What's up, Mike?
8: Evening, Larry. How are you? Okay. Larry the Jets. Uh you know, you kinda want them to lose because you kinda want them to tank to get at the draft pick. Like, you know, like the Giants, where, where once you can't make the playoffs, you just want to lose. But despite having no defense, uh, whether the players can't play, Tulane Johnson, or they're injured, Greg Williams somehow, some way, has made his defense a, a defense. Now, you know, can we now imagine what they could be if they had a pass rusher, uh, mm-hmm. maybe a linebacker or two, I imagine with the offense, but uh, for a team with so many injuries and just so many issues created by themselves to be where they are, you know, if you're a jerk fan, at least you did it, it ended well. And again, Larry, like I said before, I quit, Larry. I can't do this anymore. I, I give up. I surrender.
1: Well, I'm going to say this to you, Mike, and thanks for the phone call. I hope you're still listening. I'm going to say this to you. you're a week away from a new year so while the frustration has obviously gotten to you to the point you've called the show a lot over the years it's been on the air i've gotten to talk to you over a different a lot of different roller coasters that you've had with your personal situations but here's the thing my friend you never give up i know it's frustrating whatever you're going through whatever it is you don't give up just hang on new year comes with new beginnings and possibly some new opportunities that'll make you feel a little better. Sorry, you're going through what you're going through, my friend, but you know you you don't make decisions based on what you're going through when you're struggling. You make decisions after you come out of it. So just hang tough. It's 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 bad as bad as it is now, it can get that much better. Marcus is in Amityville. Hey, Marcus, you're next on the drive. Marcus. All right, Marcus. Call us, this- Barry King. There, yeah, I got you. Yeah, I got you. Where were you, okay. Marcus?
5: I I was on a different planet, Larry. You know? <laughs> well, um, welcome back. <laughs> I, thank you. I've heard you with the brilliant insights over the years, so I want you to help me out with this. Okay. I'll I know on. I'm a pretty I'm a pretty smart guy. I, I okay. think I am, mm-hmm. and I don't want to believe I'm smarter than a lot of front offices in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Now, if my quarterback throws five touchdowns in the game, and my running back has over two hundred all-purpose yards. And that's still not enough to win in regulation. What would make me think beating the team that is showing me that my defense is struggling and I need to improve on my defense through the offseason, but yet the team I'm going to beat will improve their draft position to get probably the consensus number one defensive player, where now I might have played myself out of getting that player for what possibly? And the the thought of tanking, I understand. The players don't. You're not going to tell a, a, a player whose career and and, and and money and family is on the line to go out and tank. But you can kind of. I think coaches are smart enough to coach their way into into a loss. Um, third and Marcus, long run and draw.
1: But Marcus, here's the thing. Pat Shermer has lost without trying to coach himself into a loss. It's it's so, unreal. It's unreal, so, Larry. It's, so it's unreal. he's still, but he's but he's fighting for his job, Marcus, so he he's not going to do that. Thanks for the phone call. I understand what you're saying. Believe me, I understand your position as a fan. You're like, listen, man, just coach like you normally do, and we'll be okay. (laughs) We'll lose. Coach, make the decisions like you make. It just happened that you faced a defense that's worse than yours. So that's why you ended up losing that game today. I mean, come on. You you saw this Washington defense. I mean, people were wide. It looked like the Giants defense at some point in time during the year, right? People were wide open, wide open. So you just happen to face a worse defense today. But Pat Shermer is coaching for his job. Like I said earlier, he's trying to say, listen, look at the injuries. I didn't have Barkley for a couple of weeks. Look what happened there with the ankle. Look at the injuries you got. I've got a young secondary. They're learning. I mean, he's got – he's got – excuses and reasons for why this team has played the way it's played so he's not going to call no bad plays he's trying to save his job so on that one see that's the issue and the players they're not tanking as you as you eloquate it they're not going to do that because they're trying to keep their job too so it's a situation where unfortunately you're going you're going with a head coach who is coaching for his job So he's not going to call no, no plays. It's not like if you're saying Mike Miller of the Knicks, right? Come on coach, you could, you could, you could pull, you could put in like a couple of players that, you know, you could play the bench and we'll be okay. Can't do that in the NFL. Can't. You're listening to the
0: drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.
4: Men won't be boys, playing with moms like kids play with toys. One warm December, our hearts will see a
5: world where men are free. Just to drive
1: on 98.7 ESPN. Football frenzy at the top of the hour. Before we get to the calls and wrap up our poll, it's time for the fantasy studs and duds.
9: Ah, here's the music. That's my music. Love ah. it. Joel, let's go. Well, all right, so this week is probably going to be our last fantasy studs. does because it's championship week for fantasy players. No. I know, right? But listen, nobody's really playing fantasy uh, in week 17. If you are, you got to fire your commissioner. You're doing something <laughs> wrong. There should so be nice. no championship weeks in week 17. I stand by that. So championship week, week 16. We're going to start at the quarterback position and we got some local flavor. Daniel Jones is our fantasy stud at quarterback. He went for 352 yards, five touchdowns like we've talked about all show. 35 points in that OT win over Washington. It was his third performance this season with 30-plus fantasy points. And if you decide to roll with him this week, chances are you got a W. Deshaun Watson, the highly owned, 100% owned second-ranked fantasy quarterback, he's our fantasy dud this week. He had just 184 passing yards in an INT for 9 points in Saturday's 23-20 win over Tampa Bay. Uh, he's only had one other single-digit fantasy score this season, so most owners who had him were probably rolling with him and feeling pretty disappointed.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised that he's on the
9: dud side because he's had a great season so far. Oh, he's been fantastic. Number two ranked overall. I mean, him, Lamar Jackson, they've just, they're racking up the numbers through the air, on the ground, in the touchdown column. They're really getting it done everywhere, so I know people were rolling with him. So, sorry if you started him. Yeah. But Moving over to running back, some more local flavor. It's Saquon Barkley. 22 carries, 189 yards, and a touchdown on the ground, plus four catches for 90 yards through the air, and another touchdown totaling... 44 points. Oof. If you were waiting for this guy to explode, wow. this was the week for it. Playing him championship week, he definitely got somebody to crown. This is following last week's 30-point performance. So if you rolled with him in the playoffs here in championship week again, he took you somewhere. So that's his two biggest fantasy performances in the two biggest fantasy weeks of the year so far. So he's my fantasy stud at running back. My fantasy dud, guy who has probably picked up more late in the season. 91% owned running back, Devin Singletary out of Buffalo. 15 carries for only 46 yards for just five points in Saturday's loss to the Patriots. Patriots, really, I think, they surprised me with how well they played against Buffalo. I thought Buffalo Mm -hmm. was going to win that game, and Devin Singletary's my dud.
1: Yeah, uh, New England found a way to win, but they do that in Gillette all the time, especially late in the season and the postseason, Joel. Yeah,
9: and while I thought Buffalo was going to win, I wasn't going to bet against New England. It was one of those where I hoped, I prayed, I thought, but I wasn't putting my money on it. (laughs) Never bet against Bill Belichick and Tom Brady late in the season at home. Right. Moving over to the wide receiver position, here's a name we hear a lot. It's Michael Thomas, who's our fantasy stud. 12 catches, 136 yards, and a touchdown for 31 points. It's his third straight game with 30-plus points uh, for, you know, to lead all fantasy wide receivers in the win against Tennessee uh, he's been solid all season he continues to rack up the numbers you rolled with him he's another guy who's probably helping you win uh, another guy who was likely started for a lot of teams if you owned him DeAndre Hopkins unfortunately he's a wide receiver dud this week uh, he had just five catches for 23 yards and only seven points in that Saturday 23 20 win over Tampa Bay
1: it's probably, he's probably the reason why Deshaun Watson was a dud earlier too. You know,
9: usually they go together. You know, we had the second ranked quarterback and the third ranked wide receiver both went cold. Uh, even though they won, sometimes the fantasy numbers just don't add up. And I'm sorry, fantasy owners. There's your duds. I'm sorry you were starting him. Uh, moving over to tight end, the name we hear a lot here this season. Mark Andrews out of Baltimore. Six catches, 93 yards, two scores. 27 points, the 98% owned tight end in that win over the Browns. And our fantasy dud, who's somebody we used to hearing in the stud category as well, Zach Ertz, four mm. catches for just 28 yards in today's win over Dallas. Just six points, universally owned to tight end position. So hopefully he didn't hurt you too much, but just six points, probably not what you wanted on championship day.
1: No question about that. That's for sure. Joel, great job all year with the fantasy studs and duds, my friend.
9: My pleasure. Hopefully we figure out something else to do in terms of gambling and fantasy after football's over.
1: I'm <laughs> sure we will. Uh, maybe we'll bet on uh, James Harden going to the free throw line. Maybe we'll do something like that. Oh, I like 60 that. Points, how many 60-point games he'll have. <laughs> oh, now we're
9: talking. We're going to get into all sorts of fun bets.
1: Absolutely. All right, Joel. Thank you very much. Let's quickly get back to the phones. Jose is in Brooklyn. Jose, you're next on the drive.
10: Hey, what's going on, Larry? Again. My fall by earlier.
1: Okay, Jose, you dropped out. I right, talk to uh, me.
10: Yeah, so I was saying, um, with the rest storms, you know, I'm glad they're doing good. They mm-hmm. finally, finally have a system they they implemented to have um, average players, probably like one or two good stars actually to have, compete against a nation. I finally get to see a good team from St. John's. Yeah. Um, the other thing also is um, the Giants need to really, really, really go back to their core 4-3 defense, they need to stack on pass rushing. All the the four championships that we had is basically just the pass rush, the 4-3 defensive schemes getting to the pressure on the quarterback all the time, all the time. So that way their cornerbacks have time to actually, you know, defend their plays that they need to. We're not sticking by that. Our offense is fine for next year. We don't need any changes. We just need to stock up on defense. That is what it is. That is what matters.
1: And no question about that, Jose. Yeah, good coach. Yeah. What was that? No, go ahead. Oh.
10: Yeah, and hopefully, hopefully, we can get a great coach that can actually, you know, motivate this team for more, you know, for years to come, you know, because we definitely, definitely need to turn this around, man. We can't keep going like this for these past years. Even with OBJ and everything, we still couldn't win. regardless.
1: Yeah, I know what you're saying, Jose. Thanks for the phone call, man, and calling back. Uh Listen, here's the bottom line. O.C. Umanura, not walking through that door. Michael Strahan, too busy doing the pyramid and all this other stuff, not walking through that door. Those are the type of players you had in the 4-3. That's why they were so good. If you could duplicate that, my friend, you could do that until you get some players of that ilk or a system where you can get some players to pressure the passer you're gonna to continue to struggle. So you're right. Four three, three four, it's gonna be interesting to see. A lot of people love the three four right now, uh, because it gives you the versatility that you could throw some uh you know, against the run because of the run that you have now, especially with your quarterbacks moving so much. But the four three, I I'm kinda of partial to the four three myself. Chris is in Manhattan. Hey Chris, you're next on the drive.
4: Good evening, Larry. Thanks for taking my call.
1: You got it, Chris. What's up, my friend?
4: Well, I uh, think you got my Christmas list right.
1: You got a long list. I don't know if Santa's going to be at your house for a while.
4: <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. As as long as as long as you got my list, up. um, which is which is you know the Jets all season list. But um, which brings me to my point. Um, mm-hmm. Can we resign Jamal Adams now? And I, I, and I it it. It amazes me when people talk about well, it's, safety's a position of luxury, and you start talking about finances, but you won't throw in there that you didn't re-sign uh, Leonard Williams, which probably saved you eleven to twelve million dollars. Tremaine Johnson, oh please! <laughs> but at some point, that twelve million dollars—that's that, that, that's dead cap—that is gonna that we are we are gonna recoup that, right? I hope so. So, how is it that we don't have money that that that, that you're, you're so worried about Jamal Adams' price tag? He's worth the money.
1: Well, I just think, Chris, part of it is the fact that you know, part of it is this rumor about uh uh, you know, Adam Gates not wanting Le'Veon Bell here, and you're watching how he's not he has not used Le'Veon Bell really until recently in the way that he could impact the team. And I'm up against the clock, Chris. And I have to let you go. Thanks for the phone call. So. Uh, you know, when you have a situation like that, I think it just puts in the fans' mind, listen, you got a guy here at a safety position who many feel, listen, does not impact the way a pass-rushing and would, even a pass-rushing linebacker would. Uh So they're saying, well, he's all the way back there. You know, what does he do? Why would you put him in that position on this team? Well, he's simply because he's your best defensive player on this team right now. And so while you're building it, If you can come to an agreement with him on a salary that will help, that will look good for you in the long term, I say you sign him. If you're going to shop him around, be sure that you get something that's going to be an immediate impact player on this team, just like what you have, what he's bringing to you. You can't bring a draft choice in for him. Because you don't know how that draft choice is going to work out.
0: Thanks for listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty Podcast. Subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcasts.